Before we get started today, let's talk about what's new at Cold Wax Academy. Rebecca and Jerry have just launched their fall quarter of live online sessions with a special focus this time on member participation, plus innovative sessions on a variety of other topics, such as photographing your artwork and using Procreate. This month also marks the beginning of Cold Wax Academy's third year of teaching sessions, meaning that the member library now has over 80 recordings and other instructional documents available for members. To access this wealth of information and to take part in upcoming live sessions, please visit the membership page at coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for one of the two levels of memberships available. Once again, that's coldwaxacademy.com. All right, on with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about how less is more, ideas in abstraction. For some artists, bringing meaning to their abstract work is hard because they lack ideas or direction or a true sense of connection with the work. But for others, the problem is the opposite. They have so many thoughts, feelings, and references they want to work with that they become overwhelmed and frustrated. Today, we will talk about the value of focus in your ideas for abstract work and what happens when they are too complex and create blocks in your expression. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Yeah, so we've done a few episodes recently. I think it was 209 and 211 numbers um, where we've talked about bringing meaning to abstract painting. We talked about working with ideas and feelings, uh, sources for ideas, um, conceptual aspects of the work, and so on, uh, all very important and hopefully helpful. But uh, there are people who have a lot of ideas and some really big ideas, and they run into trouble just trying to cram too much into their work overall or even into one particular painting. Um, and this, and you know, this is specific to abstraction, but I think a lot of times in an effort to bring personal meaning to abstraction, people develop some pretty complex stories and, and there's a lot there. There's a lot of feelings and memories and associations that they want to bring to the work. Um, some, some of which are quite personal, some of which may be really broad issues like, you know, climate change or war, um, and, you know, as again, I would say ideas are, are important, but it takes some focus, it takes some refinement um, about how to express anything like this in abstraction, um, because abstraction has its limits in what somebody's going to take from it. And so, you know, you can make a lot of impact with abstract work, and you can definitely have a pretty direct channel to people's responses, to emotional responses, to, you know, uh, visual attraction. But it's pretty hard to really dictate what people are going to get out of it. Um, and what, sh what can happen? And Jerry and I recently had a, a session about this on Cold Wax Academy, where we touched on the idea that sometimes these complex stories that we bring to our work um, make us lose sight of actually how it's working visually. So the visual impact of the work, um, the, the formal aspects of the work, the composition, all the things that go into it that somebody just sees when they first look at the work, that's, that's the first step 
Um, if that isn't working, your ideas are not going to be conveyed in any way, um, and and probably overall not very specifically. So, I think I think that understanding that aspect of abstraction is helpful because. Otherwise, people get a bit wrapped up. Some people get a bit wrapped up in what they're trying to convey, and it becomes almost it can become almost illustrational or contrived looking um, to try to you know really dictate to the viewer what they're what they're going to get out of this. Um, at the same time, these you know whatever you're feeling, thinking, concerned with, um, that can feed your work absolutely. It's um, it's just that everybody looking at your work can have their own interpretations of what they're seeing. That's just the nature of abstraction. So kind of understanding that and, and you know, trying to fight that is, is probably kind of pointless. I mean, it just, it's, it is frustrating, as you said in the intro, and, and working with students who, who have, you know, some pretty complex and deep things they want to express. Oftentimes, I find myself saying, you know, pare it down, focus it, make it a bit more simple. Um, because also, if you leave more to your viewer, that's that's what engages the viewer. You know, when, when you're looking at an abstract work, if the stage has been set, that's kind of your job as the artist, bringing, you know, your interests, your concerns, guiding you into creating a certain um, impact of the work, and then the viewer enters with their own interpretations. That's what engages them. And yeah, do you do you feel like maybe abstraction is a better vehicle for subconscious communication, for um, flowing from your subconscious to another person's subconscious, rather than that kind of surface level communication? Uh yeah, I hear what you're saying. I I think that I think there's a big aspect of that. Many. Many of us working in abstraction work quite intuitively, and um, and it's received intuitively. At the same time, I definitely think there's a place for looking at your work objectively, analyzing what you do uh, in kind of formal objective terms, like this is working or this isn't working visually. And I also think it doesn't hurt to bring some of that subconscious stuff to the surface and, you know, we've talked a lot about intentions and being aware of your ideas. I think all that's good because it it shows you what kind of like what the parameters of your work is. What realm are you working in? And that helps keep you on track. Um, sometimes people complain or get upset because they're too scattered, right? And they're doing this and that. So when you have a more focused basically broad base of ideas to work from does help you keep on track. Um, and I just think the problem is when you try to access too much of it at once, it's like you, you sort of, um, you confuse yourself, really. And it may be a perfectly, you know, perfectly accessible painting to the viewer and they may, you may have done everything right formally and people can get into it and there's structure and there's all kinds of things that make it uh, make the viewer able to to get into the piece, but you know, hearing from the other side uh, when people are creating this work, that that so often they will have a lot of stuff that they want the painting to say, 
And I'm just suggesting losing a little bit of that or doing a little bit at a time, you know, like not trying to get everything involved. Um, yeah, kind of treat it in bite-sized chunks, like less is yeah. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then you, you have some sense of boundaries, you know. And it's not, you know, another thing about working intuitively is that your work can shift and change as you're doing it. Um, and I wonder if that's why sometimes the explanation of all that's included becomes quite, from the artist's point of view, becomes quite complicated because at the beginning of the painting, it was starting from this idea and then it changed three or four times during the painting and it ended up being a complicated mix <laughs> and maybe frustrating to the artist because they feel like they haven't been able to express all those things. It's perfectly normal, natural for paintings to change as you're working on them. And again, back to the idea that we we work from kind of this general realm. So within that realm, there's a lot of different ways you can go. I mean, speaking personally, my realm is kind of um, taking visual language from the landscape and using it to relate to things in my life, to thoughts I'm having and feelings. So that's my vocabulary is coming from the landscape. So I'm I'm not suddenly going to start doing pure abstraction. I'm not suddenly going to start doing figurative work. Um, if I do, it will be a gradual change. But, you know, within that realm of that I'm working in, this abstract landscape basis, there's a lot of different things I can do with that, and it may change during the course of a painting for sure. I mean, if you're not responding to what you're doing, it becomes rather boring, then you're just executing a rather rigid idea. Um, right. So when we're when we're working with this concept of, of how less is more, and we're, we're looking at a, a painting that has gone through several stages, and there's uh, a lot of different intentions and emotions and things that are experiences that are tied up in this one painting. How, how do you go about distilling that down into something <laughs> that that is that you can uh, show to somebody else that you can describe to somebody? Yeah, else? it's a process, <laughs> and I I often find a, a period of chaos somewhere, you know, several sessions into working on a piece where it started to take on a life of its own. And then it is kind of like, okay, I have to point it in some direction. I have to harness that, um, all those possibilities into something. And it is, uh, for me often, it it is a way in by just looking at the formal aspects of the work. In other words, is the composition working? Well, if not, adjust. Is the color working? If not, adjust. And as the formal aspects of the work start to align, um, then out of out of the range of possibilities of meaning for the work, I start to focus in in a natural way. I mean, this is suggesting something to me. And that's my typical process. I don't usually start with a really definite idea, but I start with um, a, a general uh, kind of I don't know, a range of things that I'm interested in at the moment. And then I see, what does the painting suggest to me as far as moving forward? It's a hard thing to explain, and I don't know if I have, but the, the idea that it has to work visually um, above all, I think that's 
that's an important thing to realize. And if you can if you can nail that down, and then there will be a lot of things that you can adjust and that you can add or subtract from the work to make it closer in line with your focused idea. Yeah, it seems like leaving things open-ended is is almost vital to the process. Um, mm-hmm. And and in the beginning, it's it's kind of like let's just let's just get enough there to work with. You know? <laughs> well said. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think I feel a lot like of creative that. endeavors are very much like that. I mean, I well, uh, my wife and I own a, a flower shop uh, here in Panama City Beach. And, and when we're designing bouquets, it's the same kind of thing. You start, maybe you have some intention about, okay, I want to use this many stems of this variety or these colors, you know, but the, at the end of the day, it's, you start by putting a bunch of things in a vase and then making adjustments. Exactly. And it happens in so many things, even cooking, you know, I've got these yeah, ingredients, a great example. <laughs> I've got these ingredients, what am I going to do with them? And you may end up leaving some of them out or putting some more in or whatever, uh, if you're that sort of creative cook, at least. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's actually a pretty natural process. And that the frustration comes in when people, when the artist expects it to be more than it is, really. <laughs> because it's keeping that open-ended and knowing that eventually it becomes refined down to less, down to less... Uh, of how you would explain the painting, for example, how what would you would say about it becomes a more concise statement the closer you are to an end of it. Um, well, and, and if we're using uh, if we're using cooking as an example, it's almost like trying to come up with a dish that serves as an appetizer and a main course and a dessert <laughs> and everything to everyone all at once. Right, and it's, exactly. it's probably better to choose a, a you know a, a flavor profile. And, you know, maybe we're going to go sweet. Maybe we might add a little spice to it or something that, that's going to make mm-hmm. it a little bit different. Um, but it's uh, but it, it, at the end of the day, it's going to be a dessert. You know? Right. And, uh, you know, again, a good, a good analogy. And I think when someone sees a body of your work, they see the range of work that you've done, that these different uh, flavors, if you will, or, or moods or atmospheres or different types of impact come through in different pieces. And so, you know, that's that's a plus for doing, uh, for being open-ended in terms of what you will explore, um, not repeating the same thing over and over. Yeah, like if you have a meal and everything tastes the same, what's the point? Uh, but within But within parameters, it's a meal, <laughs> you know. If you show all this work together, it's an exhibit. And within that, there's there's enough variety uh, exploring different aspects of what you're concerned with, what your main ideas are, um, and understanding really that that abstraction has its own character, that you may start with stories in your head. The viewer probably doesn't have the same ones. They certainly don't have the same ones, and they may not really have anything very similar and it's quite quite different, I think, than representational work because usually, um, if you're doing a realistic image, there's sort of there's a story embedded there. You know, there's something that people are are identifying and putting together, and so we see what we see what we see in a in a realistic painting. We may see 
a landscape and it looks peaceful and then it reminds me of going camping or something and that then that becomes the viewer's story or you know they see a figure they see a face oh it looks sad i wonder what happened you know that kind of thing uh, or maybe more vaguely i see a figure i see a face i'm drawn in to look at this painting but identifying the subject is where the door opens with realistic work i mean you you, we're humans. We label these things. You know, we see we see a vase of flowers in a painting, and then we're drawn into wondering about it or thinking about it. With abstraction, that doorway isn't there. The doorway is simply the formal aspects of the work, how it looks, and and often a sense of a sense of some sort of mood, of some sort of energy. Um, is it somber? Is it happy? Is it whimsical? Do you feel like there's a lot of space in the painting? Is it claustrophobic? You know, these kind of things will impact you when you see it. Um, and, you know, I think it's interesting to read what the artist is thinking about when they do the work, but I don't think it's necessary. I think abstraction by its nature is is very open-ended. Um, Let's take a break to hear from our mid-roll sponsor. This week at Blick, Utrecht Artist Oils are 40 to 65% off list price. So now is still a great time to get Utrecht Artist Oils. To take advantage of this offer and support the Messy Studio Podcast, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. That affiliate link will take you straight through to the regular Blick website. It looks the same, it functions the same, but when you use our affiliate link, 10% of your purchase will go to the Messy Studio Podcast. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, just talking about the the way that we view abstraction, it's a really pretty direct channel to our senses, and I think that really is the strength. And so you don't have, you don't have that easy access. Well, I won't say easy because there's nothing easy about a lot of uh, referential work. But you don't have that labeling. The, the viewer is not looking at something, usually unless you're abstracting from a figure, say. But usually there's nothing that the person looking at it is going to latch on to right away. So um, it's harder for the viewer to engage. So that initial impact, that's the stage that you're setting. Um, and you want the impression that the viewer has of this to carry this very basic meaning and intentions. I'm talking about my own work, some reference to the natural world. That's there, that's there in all my paintings. So that's the really basic core essential thing that you want to say. Um, and beyond conveying that basic feeling, you know, you do, you let loose of the control of how someone's going to interpret it. And People looking at abstraction typically don't form a narrative. They typically don't find a story in it. It's received kind of whole as an impression. Um, and that's, I don't know, it's challenging to provide that to people. It's also interesting. It's also very open-ended. So um, it does get down to an essence. And I think when we say <laughs> less is more, we're talking about that that essence some overarching or encompassing concept that is what motivates you, what moves you, what keeps you going in your work. And so kind of identifying that really is a big step in bringing focus to your work 
all the ideas you have and all the sources that you have, they can feed into that. And those are your, those can be your guides when you're actually selecting your colors or and working out your composition. Um, you know, it's fine to pull from, from lots of those sources and it helps you be cohesive if you know what the ground is, you know, what's, what's the really basic thing there. Um, so, uh, I think, I think when you have the ground and you're also aware of other things that interest you, you have a certain flexibility and you can play with the flavors. You can play with the appearance of things as you move through your work. Do you think that it's a, it's good to um, focus in, in those initial stages when you're developing your, your sense of style, your sense of personal voice to, to really try to keep things simple um, or do you think it's better to to work complex and simplify? Uh, I think I think the simpler that you can start, the better. When when you're first engaging with art, you know you have a lot to learn just in terms of of the form of the work. How do you control your tools and your medium, and you know all the aspects of making good compositions and things. So. Uh, wouldn't you know when Jerry and I teach, we often emphasize that at least for people that at the earlier stages to focus uh, on some simple ideas about form and just practice working with things that interest you like color, like line, like shape. Uh, that's that's about as simple and basic as you can get, and many people stay there. I mean, that's what pure abstraction is. It and it can also become very complex. There's no doubt about that. And sometimes, you know, I see work that is very uh, engaging, very visually complex. I don't, you know, I don't know if the artist has other ideas behind it or not. It just seems to be shape and color, but it is so well done and so complex that I am just going to stand there and look at it for quite some time. <laughs> and it could have started with very simple interest in shape, you know, in 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 composition. And so, you know, there's no limit to what you can do with some, some pretty basic ideas, I guess. I'm not sure if that answers your question, but I think it is a good place to start. Yeah. And, I, I, I guess my hesitation in, in accepting that response is that I personally, I kind of feel like in order for minimalism to be executed really effectively, somebody has to understand how all of those elements play together in a more complex structure. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do. Like, and and I, that's kind of why I said there's there's no limit to what you can do with with simple ideas. And I I agree that minimalism, good minimalism is kind of hard one. You know, somebody has has tried a lot of things uh, to arrive at something that is effective and simple at the same time. It's not easy at all. Um, but you know that's kind of that's kind of the end result of somebody focusing very specifically on something when you focus on something you go pretty deep and that's what it takes to do good minimalism i i believe it sounds like you do too um so i i think when you try to start out with many ideas it's simply confusing <laughs> and yet you need you need personal connection to your work. So it's one of those balancing acts where you need to, I believe, you need to sense 
what is your connection? What is your meaning with this work? Why are you doing it? What's motivating you? Uh, as a starting point, and just kind of knowing that inside, and then maybe just starting with with simply just trying to make visual something visual that works with this basic kind of idea behind it, whether that's uh, an emotion or a memory, whatever that basic thing is that you're working from. So I do find all of this hard to explain <laughs> in words. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we have limitations here with this not being um, a visual experience, but I hope that some of that resonates if, you know, if you're struggling with that, um, because I've just observed this you know, happening where I can see a very good painting that works in form. It it's just has a lot of impact. And then I talk to the artist and they're saying, oh, but, you know, I'm not sure it really conveys what I was trying to say. And that's kind of what, kind of what was the impulse behind wanting to do this episode. You're not going to get it all in there. It doesn't really matter. You know, the, the, all that stuff is what's guiding you, is what's helping you have a voice. But we can hear the voice differently when we look at it. And um, so, uh, yeah, um, hmm. uh, so a personal example. Um, so right now, I just actually, well, last week, I think, finished a, a large piece of mine. And I had my really sort of core idea for the piece was weathered surface, was was something that looked very old, had a patina to it. I wasn't sure exactly where the colors were going to go. Were they going to go into more like a rust range? Were they going to end up, as they did end up, with a kind of um, verdigris, like this kind of bluish green color that copper gets? That's kind of what I started with. It's not very complex. It's coming out of my interest in erosion and, you know, natural forms and all those things. But that's really about all the idea I had to go on uh, when I started. And so I can see it fitting into my other work in terms of, like I said, the effects of weathering, aging, changing, and all those things. But I'm not as I'm painting, I'm not really trying to pack all that in. I'm just working with this simple idea of um, a complex surface and, you know, some, I want it to evoke something like rust or something like vertigree. So um, as far as specific interpretation, people see a lot of different things. I mean, I, I posted this on Instagram some people are seeing, you know, that reminds them of a forest or maybe an ancient object um, because it's got this, you know, green patina to it. And that is all very much okay with me. <laughs> I, I feel like I set the stage for that. Um, I don't expect to control how people are really going to see it. So, on the other hand, with that piece, I could have chosen to be more specific if I wanted to. And in some ways, the painting reminded me of some work that I did when I had um, spent some time in Athens and I was looking at old vases and things, some of the same kind of surface qualities. And I did paintings from that experience that I felt worked out well. Um, and they were they were more specific. So I'm not saying you you can't be specific, but as abstract artists, we need to know that we're not controlling the exact perception of whatever we create. 
um, so we can we can push it towards something that is more referential. Certainly, we can do that. Um, but uh, you can also just stay in kind of a a less is more mode. <laughs> and in order to have that work, as you were talking about minimalism, um, it's it's going to work best if there is something behind it. There is some ideas and motivation and experience and observations so that you're not just looking at flat color or something like that. You're looking at depth and intricacy and those things that are hopefully pulling the viewer in. So there's no one size fits all with this, uh, but I think it's um, <laughs> it's kind of a funny problem because people really do go both ways, as you said in the intro. Some people say, I just don't feel like I connect with my work. I don't feel like there's any ideas behind it. And then most of this episode, we've been talking about the people that are just flooded with stuff and they just have so much. So, um, you know, either way, I think it's a, it's a bit difficult. Well, right. And I, and I think that either way, I, maybe the inverse of, of this subject, because we often talk about balance and finding a balance between two kind of inverse um, drives, is, is maybe the drive to go a little bit deeper and go and, and push your work a little bit further. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I know that you hate it when somebody walks into your studio and sees a work in progress and says, don't touch it. It's perfect. You know? <laughs> and, and so there, exactly. there is like this alternate kind of drive to, to push things a little bit further. You know, if, if you are working with something that's complex and trying to distill it down, maybe distilling it down even further. Or right. um, if you are, are, are trying to add more emotion or, or more go deeper into what is the root of the emotion. Um, that you're trying yeah. to express, maybe pushing your work a little bit further and developing it more. Um, and so I, I think that maybe that's the the inverse of of kind of this keeping things simple or working simple is take it a step further, you know, go a little bit mm-hmm. deeper. Yeah, pushing pushing further, that's a really good point. Pushing further doesn't mean uh, necessarily making the image itself more simple. It means pushing further into whatever that essence is for you. And essences, sure. by definition, really are simple. You know, I mean, that's the, it's basic. What is the basic thing here, <laughs> you know? And, and the further you push into that basic area, um, I think your own, your own relationship with the painting becomes more clear. You feel more connected to it because it's not confused by by too many directions in your own mind. Do you feel like when you have that connection with your painting, once it's fully developed, do you get a sense of completeness when the work is done? I do, yeah. And and people sometimes ask, how do you know when it's finished? And my, my basic answer is there's nothing I want to add and there's nothing I want to take out. And to me, that that is, I've reached some kind of essence, some kind of statement that feels complete to me. It doesn't need anything, and I haven't said too much. Uh, I haven't strayed <laughs> away from something very basic that I want to say. Well, I feel like we haven't said too much, and we haven't said too little in this <laughs> podcast. So do you have anything to wrap up this this podcast? Well, uh, actually, what... What you just mentioned, I think, is important. Like so many things in art, uh, limitations allow us to go deeper. 
And this is this is one of those basic laws of creativity, right? I mean, um, and I think a focused yet basic simple idea is less likely to become literal, to become contrived, to become something that ties you up in knots. Because uh, when it's focused and simple, it actually allows you to expand. And that seems like a contradiction in a way, but it's, it's such a truism of creativity. Um, and also, when you try to pack in too much, your piece can not only become visually confused, but you're probably not conveying anything that the viewer is going to pick up on in any, any really consistent way. So, um, you know, having some clear ideas that are essence, that are focused, um, is your guide as you work. And then you can step back and let it be what it is to another person. And I think that's really a key attitude for abstraction. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at ColdWaxAcademy.com. Be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. For more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out RossTickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.